atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West. West. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk radio Show. Talk show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news that I wish refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for November the 8th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our one of two. And our goal always to protect life, liberty, and property and to promote God, family, and country on your radio and the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America is our guide. And absolutely, we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the Founding Fathers. One of the great peaceful restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. We reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. By the way, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration. I repeat that for a reason. It's vitally important to understand our tactics for resolution and solution and opportunity looking forward in the Republic. Welcome. It is freedom, love, and fantastic. We're taking America back one heart, one mind, one issue at a time. Friday, live and on-demand radio. LovingLiberty.net is the place to go for incredible around-the-clock, hard-hitting talk at your fingertips. Loving Liberty Radio Network. A quick recap of yesterday's show. We had our guest on Mr. Brian Rust, RustCoinandGift.com. We talked about the Honest Money Report. Gold and silver seem to be down slightly, but Brian says, hey, you know what? Those currencies are manipulated by futures. Gold was at $14.84. Silver, $17.59. We talked about foreign Mexican or former Mexican foreign minister, George Castaneda, suggested the family had been targeted. They've been dealing with the drug cartels for years. They've been standing up to the drug cartels. They've also had trouble with neighboring communities over water rights. CNN reports that another family member was murdered back in 2009 after, after establishing patrols against the cartels. Uh, a relative, I guess, Taylor Langford sides with this Mr. Castaneda guy. There was no mistaken identity. He tells CBS News, women and children were murdered in broad daylight. Doesn't happen unless there's a reason. Mormon massacre in Mexico, they say, may be tied to gang wars, officials now say. Uh, so I'm not suggesting that the families are involved in the cartels. I'm just saying that, you know what, they live in a very violent region. And uh, if you decide to take on the cartels, it doesn't go well. The point is there's more here than meets the eye. Uh, I believe innocents were murdered, but I don't believe it was mistaken identity like we were first told. Our prayers are with the families, that's for sure. And I don't believe these people were guilty of anything. I, th I think they were innocent. Uh, I just think they were in the wrong place at the wrong time with the wrong family ties. And, man, it did not go well. But, again, you can expect more of this happening, not only in northern Mexico, but in southern United States, uh, if we're not very careful because we're letting the border leak like a sieve. And you get families with across-the-border ties, and it doesn't go well when you got drug cartels everywhere. Donald swears to stamp them out. I pray that he can get that done. In hot seat, big banks raise wages, according to USA Today. They say Bank of America announced that it plans to raise its minimum wage to $20 per hour as congressional hearings put pressure on bank executives. That's a lot of money, 20 bucks an hour. But again, as the inflation, the hidden tax continues under our fake money system, folks, you can expect $20 to be not enough and 25 and 30 and 35 not to be enough. It'll just continue as the inflation, the hidden tax 
killer continues. We talked about last year confirmed record annual profits for banks even. Wow, did you know that? What happened to all those flying cars? USA Today, we talked about it in detail. Basically bogus. Flying cars are a long way off, folks, even though they want you to believe flying cars and self-driving cars right around the corner. Not the truth, folks. Donald Trump Jr. goes public, tweets alleged name of whistleblower. CIA analyst Eric Sierramella, I think is how you say it, from Real Clear Investigations says, hey, he's the likely whistleblower. Good for Don Trump Jr. He went on The View yesterday, and there was a big old meltdown. Everybody attacked everybody, and the crowd got into it on the commercial breaks, and The View hosts were melting down, and Donald was loving it, and wow, it was just crazy. It's amazing, though. I've been trying to get a hold of Donald Trump Jr. to get him on Liberty Roundtable Live to talk about his new book, Triggered. But, of course, Donald doesn't have any time for me, and I can't find a way to get a hold of Donald. But The View, the inside media can just get Donald in a second. They're on, right? Isn't that interesting? Hour two, our guest, Joe Bannister, highly decorated former IRS agent, agentfortruth.com. We talked about his incredible book, Investigating the Federal Income Tax, a report to the American people. Great job, Joe Bannister. We talked about Matt Bevan calls for fair and honest elections, says he'll challenge the results. I pray for his success because I think he is a good guy. But again, the Republicans just can't stick together and they just they won't even deal with vote fraud unless it. You know, they get stuck like a pig, and then they howl like heck until then. Uh, They're not really interested in the debate or the discussion. When have you heard about Matt Bevin talking about vote fraud until after his loss? Well, good news, at least somewhat. Daniel Cameron, he's a black, new Kentucky, first African-American, what, attorney general, and he's a Donald Trump supporter. I thought they didn't exist, said the press. But nevertheless, good news there. Is this it? Trump's tax returns going public. And we talked about this reality check. And, hey, the IRS is abusing everybody, including the president. Joe Bannister highlighted the point. Isn't this um, the best example of the IRS abuse we all take that Donald's experiencing right now? Why would they even force him to turn over all of his tax records? And then why force them to be released? Is there a law that requires that? I mean, it's just crazy. But, again, nobody's willing to push to the real answers. It's it's good to, to say, oh, the IRS is bad. They shouldn't be doing this or, oh, I'm not guilty of this or this. But nobody pushes to reject the unconstitutional IRS outright. When I say nobody, I mean on the national stage. There's a lot of us conservatives and constitutionalists and people like Joe Bannister and Sam and Kurt and many other good people. Ron Paul, for instance, who really have highlighted how abusive and hostile and hate filled and and wrong and unconstitutional and against the law and immoral and everything else the IRS really is. In fact, even Steve Stockman, congressman, tried to do something about it. But Lois Lerner's free and uh, Steve Stockman's in prison. See, that's what I'm talking about. And so nobody wants to run that risk. Don Trump Jr. talks about being triggered. Well, hey, that debate ought to do some triggering. If Donald were to say, let's abolish the IRS, my son's right. Let's trigger the American uh, left and let's, you know, abolish. But see, no one's really talking about that. And that's my problem with the Republican Party is they really all they want to do is be elected. And all they want to do is have socialism branded Republican, not socialism branded Democrat, socialism branded conservative, not liberal. See, left, right, point the finger at the other party. Partisan politics are destroying the country, folks. Who's going to double down and say that? See, 
not the leaders of the parties, even Donald, who takes the gloves off many times, who does a great job taking on the media and exposing a lot of the fraud and crime, and, but nobody pushes to the next level of prosecution. Hillary's a criminal, says Donald. Uh, you know what? Uh, Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton, two founders of ISIS. No criminal prosecution. So we need to move forward. Uh, and Donald, if he's not careful, is going to be the only one to be prim- criminally prosecuted if he doesn't really start to stand up here boldly, nobly, and independently soon. Nevertheless, I digress. That's a recap of yesterday's show available at LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Kirk Crosby's with me. News the network refused to use starts now. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You're very welcome. American people have eye-popping news for Mitt Romney. New poll results, Kurt. Yeah. Um, surprisingly, Sam, um, Mitt's not quite as beloved as uh, he might think. Uh, well, we knew that when the um, when the uh, oh delegates rejected him for somebody else, and then of course with the new laws, his you know rich money, deep pockets just popped him in anyway, Kurt. Right. But isn't that the truth of how it went Great down? Point. The mainstream mm-hmm. press loves Mitt. Mitt has plenty of money, and they use the law and the media to just circumvent the intention of the delegates and the uh, vetting process that normally took place in Utah. So, you know, the sad part is around the country, they think we elected Mitt. That's only partially the truth. Mm-hmm. Good right? point. So, anyway, all you're yep. saying is people don't like Mitt like they thought it. Everybody, the media and everybody thought we did, huh? Well, yes, and and uh, when you look at the um, national stage, which is you know what he likes to be on, I think, um, you know the numbers are in the teens for him, Sam. There. Well, that's because everybody knows the guy's just a, <clears throat> a flip flopper, and you know, I mean, he one uh, is a Republican. He claims he's part of the NRA, but he's been flip flopping and trying to take guns of quote lethality in his own words away from the people forever. He claims he's conservative, but really, Obamacare should probably be called Romneycare because the first state to back a socialist health care system like that was Mister Romney's in Massachusetts. Uh, you know, he acts like he's conservative and Christian, but he's the one that backed the gay lesbian uh, agenda and same sex marriage kind of stuff in Massachusetts, and you know. He used to say he was for abortion before he said he was against abortion. And the problem is, you know, Mitt Romney is just turning out to be a great opportunist that hates the Donald. He criticizes the Donald more than he does the folks that are pro-abortion advocates. You know, you can murder a baby and talk about killing babies, um, delivering them and killing the baby uh, alive. You know, Mitt's quiet. Donald does something and Mitt's all over him. I I don't understand it. And Americans see the hypocrisy, Kurt. Well, I couldn't agree more. And this is an NBC News Wall Street poll or Wall Street Journal poll, that is, that was just released. They say the survey found that only 2% of Americans had a very positive view of Utah's junior senator. Uh, 16% had a somewhat positive view. 37% were neutral and 19% had a somewhat negative view. Uh, and 19% had a very negative view. Yeah, anyway. There you go, Mr. Mitt Romney. Well, no one likes Mitt. He was for Trump and then against Trump and for Trump and against Trump. And what is he today? See what I mean? I mean, he told you that Trump was an incredible businessman when Donald endorsed Mitt. Then Trump's the evil guy. I mean, what's up with Mitt's ideas, huh? Why don't we say to the government writ large that they have to spend a little bit less? 
Anybody ever had less money this year than you had last? Anybody better have a 1% pay cut? You deal with it. That's what government needs, a 1% pay cut. If you take a 1% pay cut across the board, you have more than enough money to actually pay for the disaster relief. But nobody's going to do that because they're fiscally irresponsible. Who are they? Republicans. Who are they? Democrats. Who are they? Virtually the whole body is careless and reckless with your money. So the money will not be offset by cuts anywhere. The money will be added to the debt and there will be a day of reckoning. What's the day of reckoning? The day of reckoning may well be the collapse of the stock market. The day of reckoning may be the collapse of the dollar. When it comes, I can't tell you exactly, but I can tell you it has happened repeatedly in history when countries ruin their currency. Hey, listen up. This is a deep state alert. Former Texas Congressman Steve Stockman, who moved to arrest Lois Lerner for contempt of Congress, has been imprisoned by the very office that Lerner led. You heard right. Stockman hit the Obama administration hard, and they hit back with the full force of the federal government. The guy who said he wanted Mark Levin as Speaker of the House was the first to threaten Obama's impeachment, exposed Hillary's selling steel to the Iranians, and blocked both Obama's immigration and gun bills from even reaching the House. But Obama holdovers came after him in federal court with trumped up charges and have locked our guy up. Like many others, he was on Obama's hit list. Steve fought for us in Congress. Now we need to fight for him. Don't abandon this wounded hero on the battlefield. Let's help cover his massive legal costs. To chip in five bucks or more, text the word FIGHT to 444-999. That's FIGHT, F-I-G-H-T, to 444-999. Or go to DefendAPatriot.com. That's DefendAPatriot.com. With news the networks refuse to use. You are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. I don't know if Prince Charles is feeling the love, Kurt. Well, that's a great point, Sam. And uh, now uh, they say, um, you know, that he's involved in what's called a $134 million counterfeit art scandal. Um... Are you involved in a counterfeit art scandal, Sam? No, no. Like 134 million. I'm not an artist. Maybe 134 bucks, or, but uh, you know, I mean, uh, we get some of that. You know that one guy that does the uh, art on TV? Uh, no. We got some of our uh, friends that really like that. Bob. I'm trying to remember his name, but anyway, Prince Charles. Um, I guess they say he fell victim. Um, to this $134 million art scandal. That's one thing nice about having uh, like 134 bucks instead of 134 million. But uh, they say it was revealed that several pieces of art located at the Domfries House estate in Scotland were seemingly forged by an American artist. So bottom line is he got caught in a big old forgery scandal. But so are all the Federal Reserve's uh, representatives in America and every Federal Reserve around the world. Kurt, they're involved in an art scandal. They print these new, pretty, nice $100 bills with this, you know, support. Supposedly little metal thread running through it and is not duplicatable and it's a pretty bill. And uh, What's the difference, Kurt? 
Well, that's a great point, and and it does uh, contribute to the whole uh, art scandal. They say it the does. news broke when artist and convicted oh, keep going, buddy. Guy, convicted, uh, convicted counterfeiter Tony Tetro revealed to the Daily Mail that he forged several pieces, including a Monet, Dali, and Picasso, which were loaned to the house with an insurance value of $134 million. So would you rather be Prince Charles in a scandal relating to uh, artwork, Kurt, or would you rather be Prince Andrew uh, in the sex scandal with Jeffrey Epstein? See? Maybe neither. Those are both a problem. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I hear that. I mean, it's crazy town, I'll tell you right now. Yeah. All right. Point. But I got good news. After seven years in a wheelchair, Kurt... Well, yeah, Sam, uh, you know, occasionally we'll be able to find these stories, ladies and gentlemen, and we just, uh, I guess you could say we just relish them or we just, um, you know, enjoy them uh, immensely. And this story is about a, uh, well, a husband and a wife, Sam. And, well, hold on, uh, Brighton you know, there's a wheelchair. Well, that's right. Good point. Um, now, only reason I'm pointing the, that out is because that's how it starts, folks, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, and in this case, uh, from the Western Journal by way of WND.com, the headline reads, After seven years in wheelchair, bride surprises groom by walking down the aisle. Now, they say it was a British veteran uh, that stunned her groom at their wedding over the summer by walking down the aisle. This is after seven years in a wheelchair. Emma Kitson, she's 35, she wanted her wedding day to be special, having found the man, a man, a woman, hmm, a man she will spend the rest of her life with. The bride got busy Imagine planning the spending the, the rest day. of your life, too, like a commitment and stuff, Kurt. Wow, I know. Planning the perfect day of celebration down to one important detail, the walk down the aisle. Uh, she told the UK's Southwest News Service, this is according to Fox News, she said, I wanted to avoid being in my wheelchair for as much of the day as possible. Uh, she said, I wanted to show my dress off as much as I could on my special day. Uh, she's been in a wheelchair for seven years. Uh, Fox reported this is following a spinal surgery that left her with severe pain and made it difficult for her to use her legs. Uh, former soldier, she suffered extreme pain, back pain that is, thanks to her years in the military as a member of the Royal Artillery. Yeah, she was deployed to Iraq in the early 2000s, did some heavy lifting, and it weighed on her in more ways than one. But here's the point. We want to bring up several uh, things. Yeah. One, we want to celebrate with them. What a great day. Amen. What a great day. Mm -hmm. What a long haul and a happy thing to focus on. And I'm sure she was happy. I'm sure her husband now, uh, fiancé at the time, was shocked. Uh, the groom was just like, wow, you know, what a what a cool thing and a cool event and a positive way to look at the world and something to work on and something to look forward to. And then this idea that it's a man and a woman 
and that they want to get married in the first place. You know, in America now, there's all these stories coming out about how couples are living together and not getting married because it's more economically beneficial, they claim. Uh, And sadly, due to government regulation, that's true. And so in a lot of cases, it's true. Not always. There's differing realities. It's hard to know where you really stand before your government these days. Uh, But nevertheless, um, these people say, you know what? We're a man and a woman, and we want to get married as God intended, and we're delighted, and we're going to have this wonderful day where the wife is going to walk down the aisle and get out of her wheelchair, and it's going to just be tremendous, and we're going to, well, spend the rest of our lives together. I just find that on so many fronts phenomenal. We wanted to celebrate with them, Kurt. Well, and I agree, Sam. And, uh, you know, she she did a bunch of uh, heavy kind of work, I guess you could say, kind of gearing up for that day, uh, doing her, you know, some uh, physical therapy and things like that. And then she says, uh, people take walking for granted all the time. And I'm so proud I ended my single life walking and that I started my married life married life walking that's what she told the western journal and they always say you gotta walk before you run so we look forward to those guys having a great run of hopefully 50 years or 60 years or whatever um together uh you know and then i personally as a member of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints personally hope they discover that they can be married forever not just for this life uh, but i digress amen just saying that'd be yeah. kind of cool Good stuff. All right. Anything else on that one? It's a phenomenal story. Well, I want to linger on it a little the, bit. You know, the story ends up and says, uh, "I felt like I achieved what every woman dreams of." Uh, that's what she told the Western. To marry a man, she says, "Yeah, I think Amen. someone yeah, walked right. in." That's exactly what she said. Uh, and she said, "We had such a magical day." Well, congratulations. You know what? Our heart Amen goes out. And our thoughts and prayers are that you have a happy, stable, long life together, and. Man, that's just the way it's intended, isn't it, folks? You know, if we live according to the plans of God, it is the plan of happiness, you know? All right, MAGA hat. Or I don't like that. M-A-G-A. MAGA. I like to say MAGA. I just like to call it Make America Great Again hat. No, I you know. But I, MAGA uh, as opposed to MAGA, you know. Anyway, I guess yeah, MAGA hat wearing nationals. They're responding, Kurt, aren't they? <laughs> Yeah, now this is all. By the way, just really quick, ladies and gentlemen, what I try to do is give Kurt enough of the headline to know which story I'm on and give him all the details and gear him up and get him ready, but I try not to ruin the headline for him. Well, uh, yeah, it's all right. I don't mind you reading the headline. Um, Anyway, it says MAGA hat or Make America Great Again hat or MAGA hat wearing Nationals player. Uh, Remember, the Nationals are the ones that won the World Series just recently. Responds to leftist outrage and says, quote, everybody makes everything political. Now, can Uh, I take a little bit of issue with this player? Yeah. First off, this player is a Donald Trump supporter, and I commend him. Uh, uh-huh. And what bothers me about this is when he says everyone makes everything political. See, I don't agree with that. Now, I know that's the way the poor guy feels because yeah. we've created this, quote, echo chamber in America of the media dictating the narrative. And so everything is, you know, political. Everything is hate filled. Everything is against Donald. Everything is against Christianity. Everything is against everything in the echo chamber that the mainstream press narrative creates. And if this guy lives in that world, then he thinks that everything is political and everything is negative and everything is hate-filled and divided. And But in our world, it's not that way. Everything is not political. Uh, like I say, I support 
the Nationals for winning. I congratulate them for their win. A lot of hard work went into that, I'm sure. And um, you know what? Whether you like or dislike Donald Trump, I think being able to go to the White House and meeting the president of the United States, the president of the free world, is an honor. And now I would say that whether that's Bill Clinton in office or Barack Obama in office or uh, Donald Trump in office, at some point we say the position and the circumstances transcend the political opinions. And I bring this up because I know a bunch of the players wouldn't attend. Some of the players were high on Trump or supportive of Trump. Some were not. I agree that everybody has the right to their own opinion. But I also agree that we ought to separate it a little bit, and everything doesn't need to be political. We talk on the radio about how we can come together, how we can agree to disagree agreeably, how we can set aside these political shenanigans and and, and everything, political divide and conquer idea. It's the mainstream press that creates this echo chamber that makes things appear that way, Kurt. But I submit to you that it's nothing but appearance. It isn't true. When we get back, Kurt will finish the story and brief us on his thoughts. But So I, I don't mean to disagree with this guy, but I want to maybe give him hope that everything is not political to everybody. And if you turn away from the mainstream press to create this false narrative echo chamber, things get better in a hurry. We'll talk about blacks and Jews and more coming up, too, in seconds. Protecting your liberties. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. Former New York City Mayor Michael Bloomberg is seriously considering a run for the White House as the billionaire businessman is reportedly today going to file for Alabama's Democratic primary. On the Republican side, the former U.S. Senator from that state, Jeff Sessions, who went on to become Attorney General for a while in the Trump administration, says he wants that Senate seat back so he can help support President Trump. We need to get some Republicans moving. They haven't been pushing hard enough to advance the Trump agenda. And so that's what I look forward to doing. And Sessions was speaking on Fox News. The National Rifle Association's ending its lawsuit against San Francisco for labeling it a domestic terrorist organization. The group dropping the suit yesterday after city officials said they were only expressing an opinion and were not ordering a boycott. And this is USA Radio News. Filling an opening at your company means more than just finding an employee. You're looking for a fit, a match. Robert Half understands that. We know you need someone who can do the work, someone who complements your culture. And, of course, you need that someone fast. When it all comes together, it makes for a perfect fit. Satisfaction guaranteed. Robert Half, the matching experts in accounting, finance, IT, legal, marketing, and administrative staffing. Visit roberthalf.com for more information. An official message from Medicare. It's open enrollment, Fred. Time to compare plans. Oh, Alice, we're fine with what we have. Well, that's what the Johnsons thought until they tried Medicare's new plan finder. The Johnsons, huh? We saved on our prescription costs. And got extra benefits. Come on, Fred, maybe we'll find something better. Plans change every year. Use the new plan finder at Medicare.gov to compare health and drug plans. Open enrollment ends December 7th. What do you know? Comparing plans really pays. Police are investigating the death of a woman in a Simi Valley, California neighborhood last evening amid reports of a possible bomb in the area. The police commander, Steve Short, says... Fire department personnel responded to the location and arrived prior to police personnel. Uh, When they entered the location, uh, a female subject was found uh, 
down on the ground and and she was pronounced at the scene. He says 47 residents in the surrounding area have been evacuated, but at last check, no device had been found and no suspects arrested. A mother and her two children buried together just as they died together in Mexico this week. Soldiers stood guard yesterday as the three coffins were carried past 500 mourners in a small Mormon settlement near the Arizona border. Three mothers and their six kids in total were killed by members of drug cartels in Mexico earlier this week. And you're listening to USA Radio News. So I think this national player is correct, Kurt, that it feels like everybody's making everything political. But I submit to you that it's just a fraud perpetuated on the American people by the echo chamber press, Kurt. It's a great point, Sam. And uh, this guy, uh, by the way, his last name is Suzuki. Um, you know, when I was a kid, uh, Suzuki was a motorcycle. And, uh, and then Still it is, got buddy. To be, well, okay, good. They even got cars and, now, uh, I think. I think some people even use it for, like, violin or whatever, you know. Uh, but anyway, uh, they say on a day when, according to Fox News, seven of his teammates declined to attend the White House gathering, Suzuki put it all in perspective. Uh, he says it was about our team winning the World Series. See, and I you completely know, agree with him on this, Kurt. And I don't really yeah, disagree yeah. that things seem to be too political. I just disagree that it's really that way. I think they make you mm-hmm. believe it's that way. That's the only point. But he's right about this. They had a win, and we should celebrate that win. It was a lot of hard work by these players that went into it, Kurt. Yeah, he says Trump support, or the article from Western Journal says Trump supporters can understand that. There was a time in the United States when even liberals could understand something that simple. Uh, says, uh, just like there was a time when a harmless article of clothing like a Make America Great Again hat didn't make Americans targets for harassment. Maybe another election, this author says, in 2020, and another four years of a Donald Trump presidency will help him see the light. Stranger things have happened. After all, pretty much no one expected the Nationals to win the World Series this year either. Good article. Amen. It's a great article. And I think it really highlights the point. And like I say, I only disagree with the player... In that everybody makes everything political. I know this is, again, where I'm kind of playing a Kurt Crosby. I would say something like that, and Kurt would come back and say, no, there's a lot of people that aren't that way. And you know what? Kurt would be right. And in this case, we're pointing out a fundamental truth. I don't believe that most people are that way. I think most people could just agree to disagree, uh, whether you're gay, lesbian, straight, whether you're, you know, whatever default, default fault line they want to highlight. I think most people transcend that in their day-to-day lives, Kurt. I think most people are kind to one another. Um, I'm not I'm not saying there's not exceptions, but most people treat each other with dignity, regardless of their race or creed or color, or, you know, weight or height or you know, disabilities or not or whatever. Most people are pretty respectful to each other. And, and we need more of it is the point. And uh, so I would like to, you know, have this uh, mega wearing hat nationals player come on the radio with us and talk about working together and talk about the mainstream press and their echo chamber of dishonesty occurred on this. But, Good you know, points, hopefully yeah. you can track mm-hmm. that down for me. Yeah, I'll get right on that. All right. You got black mm-hmm. NBA players on the news, Kurt. So not just NBA players. Well, you got the black ones, okay? Yeah. This is Walter E. Williams, a great example of a great American. and yet, He's an author, um, right, Kurt? 
Yeah, a great writer. And, uh, you know, he's somebody you won't hear much about from the mainstream simply because, hey, he doesn't follow the Jesse Jackson, uh, you know, Al Sharpton line. Uh, yeah, he's black, right? You know, he's, that's exactly He's kind of more right. like our buddy Jesse Lee Peterson and C.F. Bryant. Right. And, I mean, there's many mm -hmm. of them, right? Yeah, and he, uh, the headline. And more by the day as has, Americans get more and more educated, I might add. That's right. And this is published in the uh, WND.com or World Net Daily. Uh, they say a free press for a free people. Huh. Imagine that. Anyway, uh, he applies reality to the disparities and uh, says he proves discrimination argument. Uh, says Jews have been awarded 40% of the Nobel Prizes in economics, 30% of those in medicine, 25% in physics, 20% in chemistry, 15% in literature, and 10% of the Nobel Peace Prizes. Since the beginning of the 20th century, there have been just over 900 Nobel Prizes awarded since Jews are only 2% of the world's population, instead having 22% of Nobel Prizes, they should have only won two out of, instead of 206, according well, to the and proportionality even if you double down and say they're better or capable or, you know, even four, eight, ten. I mean, yeah. that's already a He's, whacked out massive says, increase. What's up with that? He says there's an even greater domestic violation of the proportionality vision. Jews are less than 3% of the U.S. population, but 35% of the American Nobel Prize winners. Several questions come to mind. Does the proportion, disproportionality high number of, or disproportionately high number of Jewish winners explain why there are so few black or Hispanic Nobel Prize winners? Who's to blame for ethnic disproportionality among Nobel prize winners and what can be done to promote social justice. Then he says, uh, proportionality in justice doesn't end with the Nobel Prize. Blacks are about 13% of the U.S. population, but close to 70% of the players in the National Football League. Blacks are greatly overrepresented among star players and highly paid players. While the disproportionality in justice runs in favor of black players in in general, they are all but non-existent among the league's field goal kickers and punters. Perhaps the only reason why football team owners are not charged with hiring discrimination is that the same people who hire quarterbacks and running backs also hire field goal kickers and punters. Proportionality and diversity and justice is worse in the National Basketball Association, with blacks being over 80% of the players, plus it's not uncommon to watch college basketball games and see that 90 to 100 percent of the starting five players are black. Anyway, you have it, the disparities highlighted, and you and I have trouble with saying these kind of things. Or they just paint us as a white supremacist, a bigot, a hater. Yep. But what's cool about Walter Williams is he can say NBA uh -huh. players and Jewish Nobel winners. Where's the justice? Reality to the disparity in the double standard. Walter nails it, Kurt. Yeah, and uh, it's a great point, and, you know, we ought to, <clears throat> as Martin Luther King said, you know, judge people by the content of their character, you know, and then, of course, uh, well, if we did reverse the best man or we woman. we couldn't focus on age, then Kurt would be in the NBA pretty quick and would have yeah, to put him on the radio point. from the road, you know. Radio by morning, hard-hitting, you know, three-pointers by night, right? Mm-hmm, yeah. All right, go. now you got two women of color. 
two different views about America, Star Parker contrasts the philosophies uh, of Mashita Blade and Nikki Haley. Rashida Tlaib or whatever. Tlaib, however you say that. Yeah, and Nikki Haley. I just say Tlaib because it's, you know, T-L-A-I-B. Okay. Tlaib. Yeah, and and I even think um, this being written by Star Parker, who's, uh, you know, we're fans of... Uh, she's a third she's, uh, viewpoint black person, right, Kirk? I well, say yeah, third, because I don't know that she a, goes along with agreeing with either of the two that she's highlighting exactly, right? Well, she's uh, highlighting these two and the big difference between them. Uh, and she says, uh, two diametrically opposed views about America. Uh, she says, this clash of worldviews helps us to understand that what is going on in our nation is not a legitimate impeachment process, but an attempt to wipe out a sitting president for personal and ideological reasons. And then she talks about this rep... Uh, Tlaib, but uh, freshman Democratic congresswoman from Michigan. Uh, and she says at a reception following the event uh, where she was sworn in, uh, she was speaking out the, about the president of the United States. And she said, and this is way back January 3rd, 2019. Uh, she says, we're going to impeach the blank. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, it, I mean, basically, it was unprecedented. She says, uh, what happened to the sacred principle of innocent until proven guilty? Um, and then she says, uh, months later, she held a press conference calling President Trump a racist and again calling for his impeachment. She noted, I represent the third poorest congressional district in this country. I was elected to fight for them. Um, by the way, uh, Star Parker, this great uh, African-American author, or, you know, uh, some would call her just an American, she says the Bureau of Labor Statistics just issued its October jobs report, which the Wall Street Journal called impressive. The current job market is attracting middle and working class workers who have been on the sidelines for years. And she says black unemployment ticked down a notch to 5.4%, another new historic low. Uh, but just as legal facts mean nothing to this representative, economic facts mean nothing as well, she says. Uh, and then she says, now let's turn to another American woman of color, former South Carolina governor, and former U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, Nikki Now, Haley. this is where the poor black woman just held back, Kurt. Good you point. know what I mean? Well, in this case, governor she's of, an Indian woman. Uh, you know, um, she's got yeah. Indian, uh, um, I guess you could say, uh, from India, um, not yeah. Native so American. So it's interesting, uh, though. I highlight this yeah. because you would say two women of color, you would think she's black, Kurt. Well, so yeah, but it, 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 only ones without color are the white ones. Yeah, but know, white is somehow. a color and black isn't even a color. Kurt. <laughs> black is the it. absence of color, ladies and gentlemen. How ignorant am I? Of course, this guy's a or this gal, uh, Nikki Haley. Is she a Native American? Kurt? I Does she come from India, but she was born in America? What's that? A Native American? An right. Indian American? An India American? Or just an American? You know where the solution can be found, Mr. President? In churches, in wedding chapels, in maternity wards across the country and around the world. 
More babies will mean forward-looking adults, the sort we need to tackle long-term, large-scale problems. American babies in particular are likely going to be wealthier, better educated, and more conservation-minded than children raised in still industrializing countries. As economist Tyler Cowen recently wrote, quote, by having more children, you're making your nation more populous, thus boosting its capacity to solve climate change. The planet does not need for us to think globally and act locally so much as it needs us to think family and act personally. The solution to so many of our problems at all times and in all places is to fall in love, get married, and have some kids. Have we realized the assault against our lives, our liberties, our faith? To defeat this assault, Christians and all people of goodwill should have strategies to prevail in our faith and principles, which are simple. No need for a complex formula. One goal, one aim. A strategy like the heroic Christians of the past. We win, they lose. Nothing less. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm by a friend of Megagoria. The Strategy of Heaven Revealed. Big Q, Little Q. The Calm Before the Storm. Available on Amazon.com or by calling Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. We're talking about Nikki Haley a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Just a quick sidebar before we get back to the contrast story that Star Parker highlights and Kurt brings to the table. Nikki Haley's parents, ladies and gentlemen, are both from India. Father's a professor with a Ph.D., mother's an attorney. They both moved to South Carolina, and then they got uh, moved to Canada after the father received a scholarship offer from the University of British Columbia. So they lived up there in Canada for a little bit. Then the father received his Ph.D. degree. Back in 1960, a PhD degree, I should say, back in 69. Then he moved his family to South Carolina after he accepted a position with, um, I guess he got a professorship, if you will, at Varese College. That's a historically black college, uh, black institution back there in South Carolina. Um, the mother was, I guess, a teacher for a long time in India. And uh, then she started a clothing company called Exotic International. And... Um, when Nikki was five, I guess they uh, were racially segregated. And uh, Anyway, it goes on. Uh, but the big, long point that I bring this up for is, see, this is a woman of color. Uh, is it because her father taught at a black institution there, Kurt, in America? Or is it because she's Indian and not white? Or, you know, or is she just an American like the rest of us, Kurt? Well, I say she's just an American, uh, Sam. But, you know, this, this article from Star Parker is pointing out uh, the differences in two ladies of color uh, and what they choose to focus on. And she points out that uh, Nikki Haley, who as a Republican governor of South Carolina, had the Confederate flag removed from the grounds of the state capitol. Uh, she said, when we retreat into identity and grievance politics, we make the choice for victimhood over citizenship by constantly blaming others. We reject personal responsibility for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I wish she hadn't removed 
removed it myself uh, simply because to me it's history and that kind of thing. But anyway, she, she goes on and Star Parker says, Haley spoke about her parents who immigrated to the U.S. from India. We were different. We stood out and my family felt the pain of being judged by our difference. But my parents refused to let it define them. They chose citizenship over victimhood. Um, and uh, she Now you're starting about, to get into uh, the story of... Uh Oh, what's his name? Hi, he's in the Trump administration. He made a choice. Ben Carson. Yeah, Ben Carson. He yeah, decided yeah. to you know, be a citizen and a patriot, not a victimhood person. Yeah, right? great point. And he clearly and, uh, highlights that decision as well. And, and she is highlighting that reality. Now, when Nikki was five, just so you know, Kurt, her name uh-huh. was Nikki Randala. Or Randala, uh-huh. yeah. Um, I guess she was in India or whatever. And, um, and they entered her. In a Miss Damberg contest. And I guess they um, traditionally crowned a black queen and a white queen. And since she was neither, she was disqualified there, Kurt. (laughs) Well, so she's experienced that stuff. And uh, I guess you quoted uh, Lincoln, who back in 1862, when the country was torn apart, according to this piece from WND.com and Star Parker, uh, she's quoted uh, Lincoln saying that, America was the last best hope of Earth. Um, and, uh, you know, that's one of the main reasons we work to make America great again. We feel like it blesses the whole Earth. She went on to say, uh, President Trump is a disruptor. That makes some people very mad. But if we are a country that lives by the rule of law, we must all accept that we have one president at a time. And that president attained his office by the choice of the American people. Um she hailed the American freedom and exceptionalism enshrined in our Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. And she noted that, that when she was at the U.N., representatives from despotic countries, that means bad guys, uh, would approach her in private and express admiration for our country. Uh, and this author, uh, Star Parker, uh, African-American black woman, or I would just say American, finishes up and she says, uh, I meet so many wonderful Americans in my travels around the country. I'm optimistic we'll make the right choice. You know, about uh, calling America good or evil. You know well, I mean? anyway, I commend Star Parker for highlighting this truth, and I commend Nikki Haley for the... Um, Specifically for the decision that she made to say, I'm not just going to run around and be a victim. I'm going to take charge here and do the best I can. And this just proves that no matter what road you take to get to America, and I'm not you know, defending the, the negatives along the road for some people sometimes. Don't misunderstand. But I am saying, you know what, I commend her for, you know what, living and dreaming and participating in this wonderful opportunity called America. And that's the difference in the philosophies on, on what you get out of America. And I commend Star Parker for highlighting this. You know, if I were to highlight a comparison to make the point too, Kurt, I would have to highlight like a Jesse Jackson and a Jesse Lee Peterson. You know, the tale of two Jesses kind of a thing. Because they're as as polar opposite as stars making this uh, comparison. Um, You know. Great point, Sam. I guess gun regulators are in the news, Kurt. That's right, and uh, this piece coming to us from World Net Daily, Mark Walters is the author, and he says... uh 
He warns of two alphabet agencies overstepping their jurisdictions. I mean, imagine bureaucrats bureaucrats getting out of hand, Sam. Uh, he says uh, most correct, most agree that Americans already have enough laws to obey in this country. I would say too many. Uh, then again, bureaucrats don't care what the masses think, since they're just the people who have to follow the laws. Apparently, things look different when you get to actually set legal and regulatory policy. Those folks love expanding their powers, he says. And he says, look no further than the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms, and Explosives. It turns out they've been enforcing laws that don't even exist. He says for well, there years. You go. But furthermore, they've been arming the drug cartels, though. Operation Fast and Furious documented that reality, and no one went to jail, and Donald's doing nothing about it, Kurt. Good point, Sam. Uh, he says for years the feds have been going after people who sell parts of AR-15s. Uh, the pieces are called receivers. A judge recently ruled that these receivers are not firearms under current regulations. Of course, that's true. Pieces of weapons are not weapons, even if people could put those pieces together at home. Um, the point is that the ATF has been pretending they are complete weapons, thus making its own law. When a judge pointed this out in his legal decision, the government quietly decided to settle the case out of court, lest it set a legal precedent that would handcuff ATF in the years ahead. See, that's how they uh, do it. But see, the problem is, again, whether we handcuff the ATF, whether we expose the ATF, whether the judge tells the truth, and I commend the judge in this case. Uh, mm -hmm. But at the bottom, at the end of the day, who's pushing to abolish the unconstitutional BATF Kurt? And see, I don't Good hear anybody point, pushing to shut down that unconstitutional behemoth that doesn't even obey the laws of the land, much less have the authority to exist under the law. See? Great point. Yeah, and so until excellent. we take that on and shut that down, Kurt, we're just playing with fire. Because it'll just be a seesaw. One judge stands for it. The other judge stands against it. The other judge, you know, people get beat up. And eventually case president, president becomes the order of the day. But we're not even discussing the real issue anymore. We're discussing, quote, modern activist judges in the case president they eventually manipulate into as activists from the bench. We're not discussing the rule of law or the constitutionality uh, or the authority in the first place. What consent of the governed authority do we grant for a federal government, a B-A-T-F-E, to even exist in the first place, Kurt? You'll have a real hard time finding it in your constitution. I know that. And I'm hoping Donald that, Trump uh, Jr. is going to go on The View and talk about this for me. Can you get yeah, that done, Donald? Point. I'd sure appreciate uh -huh. Anyway, uh, uh yeah, great point, Sam. Good but job. he says that the only thing I disagree with with Mark, Wal Mark Walters on this is he it says this, Kurt. Uh -huh. Mark Walters warns of two, what do they call it, alphabet agencies that are overstepping yeah, the jurisdictions. Like and just so he knows there's a whole lot more than two, buddy. <laughs> just so you know. Great point, Mark. I mean, there's great two point, what? Sam. Just start adding zeros? Yeah, that's right. Wow. All right, nuns are in the news, Kurt. Well, uh, nonetheless, we're going to talk about this story. Uh, the left targets charitable nuns again. Uh, Jerry Newcomb with the piece, and he quotes founders to defend little sisters of the poor. The founders of America would be aghast, he says, at today's assault against religious freedom and against what they call the sacred right of conscience. Uh, he says, right now a group of innocent nuns is in the left's crosshairs, he says, again, 
Why? Because the little sisters of the poor do not believe in contraceptives and cannot in good faith and conscience abide by the HHS mandates left over from the Obama administration to force them to provide coverage for them. And now the case went all the way to the Supreme Court in 2016. The high court said the nuns did not have to comply. A further executive order was issued by President Trump to protect the Little Sisters and similar groups from the contraceptive mandate. But the left has continued to find loopholes and friendly judges in their crusade against religious freedom. A recent adverse ruling from the Third Circuit Court of Appeals, or we'd call them the Circus Court of Appeals, uh, now means the nuns must once again appeal their case all the way to the Supreme Court. Now, the uh, boys at First Liberty Institute, that's a Texas-based group fighting for religious freedom, and they've submitted a friend-of-the-court brief on behalf of the nuns. Uh, but the bottom line is, Sam, uh, you know, these good ladies are, well, they're they're in the battle, and they're they're taking them on. And Gary Bauer, now he's a Yeah, by the former. way, nuns uh, over the years, Kurt, more than not by far have been involved in the right side of all kinds of issues they yep. they don't make a big fanfare because it's not their i don't know what you say religious tenant or whatever they're normally you know fairly uh what's the word i don't want to be offensive here i'm just saying their nature is to be timid and to be pious and focus on the uh, issues at hand as they see them and all that kind of stuff and so they're not normally in the middle of everything but i am saying that they do tremendous work and they try to keep the politics out of it mm-hmm. and so this uh mega hat wearing you know nationals guy maybe you ought to hang out with them you know the nuns or whatever the charitable folks that are working on little sisters of the poor and other things like that to make it you know if he kind of saw a lot of that he'd, he'd realize it a lot of us aren't too political kurt we we prefer to do things that what follow the prince of peace and matter kind of a thing good point sam anyway i just want to highlight that because they're not after the political spotlight on these things kurt but they are standing up many 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 times uh doing what's right and good and honorable and frankly charitable Mm -hmm. just saying good point all right barry farber's in the news kurt well that's right sam and uh in this case uh we're talking about uh what I want to see in November 2020, uh, you know, and he's kind of forecasting uh, what he hopes. He says, uh, hopes for the largest landslide in history. Um, and uh, what I wanted to do after reading his headline is see what you think about the uh, what what would be coming. Well, that's going to take a long time, Kurt, for me to articulate that. Um, So let's finish this hour and kind of finish up on the Barry Farber thing really quick. In the next hour, let's kick off on this same topic. I did this on purpose because it's going to take a little bit of time to flesh out. I have kind of two visions of of what I'd like to see in November 2020. Barry Farber hopes for the largest landslide in history. We'll get to the details of what he means. Does he want, oh, like um, Bernie Sanders to just take the cake? I don't think so. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but I got two visions. One's a vision of the ideal, and the other one's a vision of the real. How's that? And we'll talk about that coming up. we got a whole lot of news that I was refused to use. Hour one in the can, hour two coming up. Sam and Kurt on your radio. LibertyRoundTable.com and LovingLiberty.net. Our websites, check them out, get involved, and incredible talk radio around the clock. 
We declare this nation shall endure. God save the Republic of the United States of America. Yeah.